Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austinite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest today is a returning guest. You may remember my mother Brenda from when we were doing Mansfield Park two seasons ago. Hello everybody. Before we get into today's chapter, which is letter 15, I wanted to ask you what your first experience of Jane Austen was. My first experience was probably through you, I would say. Unless I had it when I was younger, I honestly cannot remember. My introduction was the 1995 BBC Pride and Prejudice, which we recorded. It showed on Sunday nights, and in our household we recorded it on videotape, because it was videotapes at that time. And that was your introduction that was my to introduction. Jane Austen so together. It was your yeah. introduction too. I knew about her. But I don't remember actually reading her, but that was a really good introduction. A gentle way of being introduced to her for someone who hasn't read her before and isn't used to the language that she uses and the way she shows her subjects as well. So today we're going to be discussing Letter 15 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen and Brenda has kindly agreed to read it for us. So letter 15 is Mrs Vernon to Lady de Courcy at Churchill. My dear mother, I return you Reginald's letter and rejoice with all my heart that my father is made easy by it. Tell him so with my congratulations. But between ourselves, I must own it has only convinced me of my brother's having no present intention of marrying Lady Susan. Not that he is in no danger of doing so three months hence. He gives a very plausible account of her behaviour at Langford. I wish it may be true, but his intelligence must come from herself, and I am less disposed to believe it than to lament the degree of intimacy subsisting between them, implied by the discussion of such a subject. I am sorry to have incurred his displeasure, but can expect nothing better while he is so very eager in Lady Susan's justification. He is very severe against me indeed, and yet I hope I have not been hasty in my judgment of her. Poor woman. Though I have reasons enough for my dislike, I cannot help pitying her at present as she is in real distress, and with too much cause. She had this morning a letter from the lady with whom she has placed her daughter, to request that Miss Vernon might be immediately removed, as she had been detected in an attempt to run away. Why, or whither she intended to go, does not appear. But as her situation seems to have been unexceptionable, it is a sad thing, and of course highly afflicting to Lady Susan. Frederica must be as much as sixteen, and ought to know better. But from what her mother insinuates, I am afraid she is a perverse girl. She has been sadly neglected, however, and her mother ought to remember it. Mr Vernon set off for town as soon as she had determined what should be done. He is, if possible, to prevail on Miss Summers to let Frederica continue with her, and if he cannot succeed, to bring her to Churchill for the present, till some other situation can be found for her. Her ladyship is comforting herself, meanwhile, by strolling along the shrubbery with Reginald, calling forth all his tender feelings, I suppose, on this distressing occasion. She has been talking a great deal about it to me. 
She talks vastly well. I am afraid of being ungenerous, or should say she talks too well to feel so very deeply. But I will not look for faults. She may be Reginald's wife. Heaven forbid it. But why should I be quicker sighted than anybody else? Mr Vernon declares that he never saw deeper distress than hers on the receipt of the letter. And is his judgment inferior to mine? She was very unwilling that Frederica should be allowed to come to Churchill, and justly enough, as it seems a sort of reward to behaviour deserving very differently. But it was impossible to take her anywhere else, and she is not to remain here long. It will be absolutely necessary, said she, as you, my dear sister, must be sensible, to treat my daughter with some severity while she is here. A most painful necessity, but I will endeavour to submit to it. I'm afraid I have been too often indulgent, but my poor Frederica's temper could never bear opposition well. You must support and encourage me. You must urge the necessity of reproof if you see me too lenient. All this sounds very reasonable. Reginald is so incensed against the poor silly girl. Surely it is not to Lady Susan's credit that he should be so bitter against her daughter? His idea of her must be drawn from the mother's description. Well, whatever may be his fate, we have the comfort of knowing that we have done our utmost to save him. We must commit the event to a higher power. Yours ever, etc. Catherine Vernon. So you haven't read Lady Susan before? No, I haven't. What I have read, she has a very interesting character. Some people find it difficult to enjoy a novel with a dislikable main character. What was your experience? Have you been able to enjoy the novel despite Lady Susan being who she is? Oh, what I have found interesting is not so much what she says and does, but what the reactions of the other characters are to what she says and does, and how she manipulates the men. You can see in this letter alone she's manipulating two men. Mr Vernon is convinced that he never saw a deeper distress than hers, and Reginald is convinced that she's innocent of all faults basically and that her daughter is terrible and it's not up to her that her daughter is that way mrs vernon says something that makes me laugh and i'm reasonably sure that's why it's in there because jane austen loves a laugh mr vernon declares that he never saw deeper distress than hers on the receipt of the letter and is his judgment inferior to mine I believe the answer to that is yes. Yes, very much so. Because he is a man. Oh, that's not what I was going for. (laughs) When she meets Lady Susan in Letter 6, she refers to Lady Susan's manners having a great influence on her own resentful heart. Therefore, you may guess how much more strongly they operate on Mr. Vernon's generous temper. I think he's a bit easily influenced. That is what she feels anyway. And from what is written here, yes, he's setting off for town as soon as she had determined what should be done. He's her errand boy. Yeah, that's right. He's going to manipulate things if he can. 
to keep her daughter with Miss Summers, and if not, well, she can come to Churchill. He really feels for her. But again, you see Mrs Vernon being worked on by Lady Susan as well. Lady Susan's trying to get her on side. My dear sister, when my daughter's here, you have to keep me in line. I have to be harsh on her. And all this sounds very reasonable. Yes, but also no. She's turned Reginald against her daughter as well. He is incensed against the poor silly girl. She's very much leading his thoughts. His idea of her must be drawn from the mother's description. And I reckon in the previous letter you could hear Lady Susan's words through what Reginald was saying. He's parroting what she told him. Mrs Vernon seems kind of convinced. He gives a plausible account of her behaviour at Langford. I don't don't think it was plausible. But again, she says his intelligence must come from her, which means I'm not likely to believe it, but also it makes me uncomfortable because it implies a degree of intimacy between Reggie and Lady Susan that they're talking about something so very, very personal. Yeah, in a couple of places that uh, seems quite obvious and even just what seems very innocent, her ladyship is comforting herself meanwhile by strolling along the shrubbery with Reginald, (laughs) calling forth all his tender feelings. From Mrs Vernon, there's uh, a bit of harsh woman's talk there, but it comes across to me that she's actually got it right, that Lady Susan is manipulating him so strongly. He just can't see it. She's glad that her father's convinced that everything's fine, but she reckons he's in no present danger of marrying her. Doesn't mean in three months he's not going to do it. Exactly. With the degree of intimacy subsisting between them. Lady Susan's also trying to poison Mrs Vernon against Frederica. She's insinuating she is a perverse girl. And Mrs Vernon is grasping onto the idea that she's being neglected. She needs to remember that this poor girl has been hurt by her mother. And neglected. Yeah. It's not explained here why she wants to run away. Do you have any idea with what you've read so far why Frederica is trying to run away? Well, she's had such a life with her mother who has not really loved her. She's looking for love and attention, really, is what I can see, because she's not getting that from her mother. She wants positive feedback from people. She doesn't want this overbearing way that her mother is, has been treating her and, and just shoving her out of her way because she's just a nuisance. So she wants to actually have somebody who cares about her, who gives her their time and their love. Where she is now, obviously, she's not happy. So she wants to go somewhere where she feels that she belongs because she doesn't seem to belong anywhere. And she's 16, and at 16, she's been very vulnerable. And so much is going on with her, her mind, her body, her, her emotions. And she can't talk to anyone about it. She's got nobody who's going to listen. She's got no one who's going to really care and give her good advice. And so she wants to get out of that and feels that there must be somewhere else, someone else who will care about her and she'll try to get it however she can. That is my opinion anyway. It feels like it's always been just Lady Susan and Frederica. But up until 
six, seven months ago, she also had a father. So we need to remember it's doubly hard on her because her yeah. father's recently died. She was a father as well. But we have no real indication of what their relationship was like. All we have is Lady Susan's word, which we know we can't trust. <laughs> no, we can't. But no matter what their relationship was like, for Frederica, it must be a loss to have him out of her life. And now she seems to just be with other women as well. She hasn't got a, a male that she can look up to. Mrs Vernon talks about how good Lady Susan is at talking. She talks vastly well. She talks too well to feel so very deeply, implying that if you're able to be coherent, maybe you're not really that emotional. And it's an echo of, again, what she says when she first meets her. She talks very well with a happy command of language, which is too often used to make black appear white that was what mrs vernon said when she first met lady susan and she's still going oh she's really good at this so she can understand really why her brother is absolutely smitten with her because she is so good at manipulating anybody whether it's male or female but particularly male she's that much older than him she has a lot more life experience and that also could attract him she just knows how to play him. That's basically it. She knows how to play most people. She's very clever, but she's destructive. And if Mrs. Vernon is not happy with the situation, she says, whatever may be his fate, being Reginald, we have the comfort of knowing that we have done our utmost to save him. We must commit the event to a higher power. So she's done all she can, she feels, and she's leaving it now. Uh, for for fate, for a higher power, whatever, that he will come to his senses and there's no, nothing else she can do. It sounds like she feels a bit powerless. Yes. She feels that she has done whatever she possibly can, that she's talked to him about it, she's discussed it, and she's discussed it with her mother and read her father's letter, and there's nothing more she can do. She hasn't wiped her hands of it, or him and her, but she are just going to let things go in their own manner. I feel that she also will still be keeping a good eye on it, on what the situation is. Being her, though, I cannot believe that she would just step back and let them go. She'll be in there because she cares about her brother, even though he doesn't think so. She doesn't want him to make a fool of himself. It'll be interesting to see how she copes with Frederica as well. As time goes on, we'll hear the story. And we'll finish on that note. And that's our discussion of Letter 15 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. All my socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know, and I'll do that. Here's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch, too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!